everybody. Uh, we are back with another episode of Orthodox Morphosis, the official name of this podcast. Uh, my co-host here is Father Panagotis Papayorgiu. And I am Efstradius Papayorgiu. You were supposed to say hello. That's okay. <laughs> hello. Hello from me. <laughs> hello, um, everybody. The, today we are going to... Uh, oh, no, I'm, I should continue. I'm happy to be back, and um, I wanted to let everybody know that this is not the main channel for this podcast, and any podcast we produce, we have a second channel for that. So please go uh, to Trisagion Films Podcasts on YouTube, and of course, you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all of the above. Um, okay, without further ado... Uh, today, we will be discussing um, the saints in our lives and uh, why, why we ask them for, for intercessions. And, um, why you know, do I don't know if, yeah, why do we honor them? Why are, why are they, why do we depict them in our churches the way we do? Why are saints important, essentially, I guess, would be the, so go ahead, Father. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you, Stradi, and um, uh, welcome everybody to the new podcast. Uh, th this is a question that I always get, especially from people coming uh, into the Orthodox Church or inquiring into the Orthodox Church um, and coming from the Protestant world. And the, well, and the reason we get this question is because the Reformers in the 16th century and subsequently uh, in a reaction to some of the abuses happening in the Roman Catholic Church and in the reaction to uh, the focus, a lot of focus on, or, or I would say um, extreme focus on, um, uh, on the saints, they uh, threw away the saints. They stop celebrating the feast days of the saints. They uh, stop asking for the intercessions of the saints. Uh, they basically changed the whole relationship of the Christians that were uh, that they were serving and teaching uh, with the saints. They changed the relationship. And they abandoned the relationship with the saints. And so when when they come back to us most of the people today have no idea why there are saints in the church. They have no idea. And they, and they say, we are the saints, you know, I mean, why should we honor anybody else? You know, we are the saints. Everybody is a saint. Mm -hmm. that, kind of, that kind of thing is always repeated. And um, in a way, I understand uh, that they don't have that background that the rest of us have. But at the same time, uh, I think that they're missing out in a big way, and and we know that they're missing out because the the conversations that the reformers had with uh, Patrick Jeremiah back in the 16th century, when they exchanged letters back and forth, they the Patriarch told them that you cannot abandon the celebration of saints because those gatherings, those liturgies, those processions, they benefit spiritually the people and you cannot really abandon that kind of thing so but after five centuries of course uh the people today don't even know what what that means and they don't even understand uh, what has happened so 
we need to go back and kind of understand why it happened, as I just did. But we also need to kind of explain today to people why uh, we need to uh, re return. They need to return, and we need to show them how to be um, really like the ancient Christians, honoring the martyrs and honoring those who have lived the life that pleases God. Yeah, let's start with the martyrs. Um... The martyrs in, in, in churches, uh, every church has relics of the martyrs. Um, many times churches were built on the tombs of martyrs. Yes. Um, and, and can you explain why, first and foremost, did that happen? Why are the martyrs seen that way as pillars of the faith? Well, I mean, uh, if you think about the early church, the first 300 years especially, and then subsequently the fourth, the fourth century, uh, when the church was freed from persecution, the um, the Christians were under duress, continuous duress, and they were uh, they were persecuted and they were in danger all the time. Uh, and but they had hope in Christ. They had hope in the resurrection. They had hope in the strength that God gives. And they saw that strength come to the martyrs. They saw the power that God gives when somebody dedicates themselves themselves to Him. And and then they they lifted up the martyrs as the examples for their children, for themselves first and then for their children. So they moved away from uh, having heroes um, at the arena where they were killing each other and trying to, to defeat uh, their opponent. And those were the heroes of that time. And they moved uh, to making the saints, the, the, the martyrs, the heroes for their families and the heroes of the faith as the ones to emulate and to make examples for their lives. So uh, if you think of today in America, who are the heroes of, uh, and not only in America, but uh, throughout Europe and, and everywhere, who are the heroes for our children? Okay, there are uh, football players, basketball players, uh, soccer players, um, the people in the movies, uh, the, the actors and the actresses and and all these other people whose lives are really have nothing to show usually that is good. Um, fiction, fictional characters, comic books. Yeah, fictional people characters. Who don't even, people who don't even exist. That's correct. That's correct. And, and so, and so the, the children make these fictional heroes as their examples. And then when they discover that they're uh, either fictional or that their lives are messed up, like the actors and actresses, for example, and others, then what they do is that they're disappointed. They lose hope. They have nowhere to turn. But the, the martyrs and the saints of the church are people who lived their life as, uh, as best as possible and gave their lives as a, as a sacrifice to God. And so they remain in eternity as such. And they will never fail them. And then, of course, you have to realize also, you have to think about the fact that uh, uh, they are in the presence of God. They have authority, they have power through that, through the power that God gave them. And we know that uh, there are many of our saints who, um, whose relics are, their entire bodies are preserved, uncorrupted for centuries. There are many of our saints whose relics are exhuming uh, amazing fragrances and, uh, and, uh, uh, and blessing people. There are relics of saints that when touched or, or brought into a space, they sanctify the space and they heal people. Uh, there are intercessions of the saints that, that uh, heal and help people. 
there are peers of the saints many times that uh, get people through difficult times and uh, and help them with difficult situations. So these are the heroes that our children should have and not the uh, the first or second um, actor and actress or, or football player or basketball player who will fail them eventually as they find out that their lives are messed up and they yeah. um, don't represent anything good. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotten really bad. It, it's gotten to the point where I, I was, one time I was at, a, I was somewhere and uh, this man had his child there and he kept calling, he kept saying, Harrison, Harrison, right? I thought Harrison. First thing I thought of was Harrison Ford, the actor who played Han Solo in Star Wars. And, and I made a joke. And he goes, that's who we named him after. Harrison Ford. Yeah. And, and, I, and at that time, I had just discovered how he had affairs with the people on the set of Star Wars. And I'm like, this is, this is literally the person. It's like Zeus and, and everything he did. And how and how the the, the Greeks made their gods uh, the the very same people they were and worse than they were, and 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 we're doing the same thing on a different level now, right? Uh, on a more on a less like not uh, you know not a gods but human gods, yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah you're absolutely right, and and that is not helping the children. That's not helping the next generation. That's not giving the hope, and that's not connecting them to God. And as Orthodox Christians, we want our people to connect to God. And that's why we name them after the saints, so that they can have a saint uh, in their lives who is the example for them, uh, who is a patron saint, who is uh, one who prays for them, one that they can ask for intercessions and, uh, and be their hero, uh, especially in difficult times when they will need the help and the um, protection that, that God gives. And, uh, and, and, and a prime example is the Theodogos, the, the mother of God, the Virgin Mary. Again, the Protestants rejected her based on, on what they, they perceived as a, an excess in the Roman Catholic Church. And they sometimes look at us and they think that we're doing something similar. And they're questioning it and they're saying, well, you know, they're, they're saying negative things about uh, about um, honoring her so so i i was talking to somebody the other day and uh they asked me the question about the virgin mary and why should uh, we uh ask for intercessions and why should we honor her as we do in the orthodox church the way we honor her and uh my my question i asked the person in return was uh, who is the person that loves you the most in the world she said, my mother. Okay. And who is the person that you trust the most and that you would listen to the most? She says, my mother. I said, that's absolutely correct. Why? Because your mother is the person who gave birth to you, who held you in her belly for, for nine months, who held, who held you in her arms when you were born, after you were born, who protected you until you were able to walk, until you were able to run, who fed you, who took care of you, and, the, and there is no other person that we can be connected to as much as we're connected with our mother in love and in trust, especially if that relationship is healthy, has been healthy, and has uh, uh, been nurturing as it should be. Now, if there is a problem, of course, with that, then, you know, there is a problem. But 
if the relation was healthy, then your mother is the closest person to you. So are you close to Christ? And, uh, and the answer was yes. I said, are you as close as the Virgin Mary? And the answer is not, not, um, not at all, okay? No, there's no chance, there's no possibility because the Virgin Mary is the closest person that ever lived on earth to Christ because uh, she's his mother, right? And she had that close relationship with him from the very beginning. And, and to show, to illustrate that, I always um, uh, go to the story of uh, the wedding of Cana. And when um, they run out of wine and, and, um, and the Virgin Mary says to Jesus, who had not done any miracles yet, do something about this. And because she knows that she can, that, that, that he can, and she knows that he's able to do something. Now, she didn't tell him exactly what to do, but, he, but she said, do something about this. And his response was, what is this with you and me, woman? Why don't you leave me alone? In other words, I have, this is not my time yet. He was not ready to do a public miracle. He had not yet done a public miracle, uh, according to the Gospel of John. And, um, and so uh, he thought about it for a moment, and then he gave in to the intercession of his mother. He gave in to the, the request of his mother. And he actually performed a miracle for people. He turned the water into wine for people to just get drunk and, and have a good time. Okay, I mean, this is silly. This is really totally silly if you think about it. And yet he did it because that intercession is powerful and he wants us to be happy as well. But he doesn't want us to be drunk, but he wants us to be happy. And he wanted to make sure that the wedding didn't fail. Okay, so, but he listened to his mother. So, um, and many people, they ask for intercessions. They come to me and they say, Father, can you pray for me? Uh, I have this issue with my health, or I have this problem with my son, or I have this other problem with whatever it is, with my work. Can you pray for me? Well, you know what I do? I say, who am I to pray for you? I'm not as close to God as the Virgin Mary. So ask her and she will pray for you. So some of these Protestants, you know, they go to their pastors who today are wonderful and tomorrow they have a terrible falling away and they are embarrassed about it and then they and they kick them out of their parishes. They go to their pastors to ask for prayers and intercession. So my, my answer is, or my question to them is, if you go to that pastor who is not even on good ground forever, because you don't know when he's gonna fall, you don't know, you know what his sins are, and you ask for intercession, how come you don't go to the mother of God who is next to him, who is close to him, who is already at the throne of God, who is able to intercede for us in, a, in, a, in a, the best way, the most possible uh, way that you, can, that you can ever get? Yeah, the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing that like, I see all the time. So on, on YouTube, people like to, um, they like to write an, a comment under the, a video of a particular saint, Saint Paisios, Saint Porfirios, whoever, and, uh, and, uh, or Saint Moses the Ethiopian. That one gets a lot. And, uh, and uh, they'll, they'll ask for intercessions through a comment. Yeah. And then somebody writes underneath, uh, so often, so common for somebody on the internet to say, why do you pray to dead people? Yeah. Why do you ask dead people to pray for you? Yep. Why and are that, you doing that? 
God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So that means if there's anything that Christ did, is that he showed us that we're alive. Life continues. Uh, we enter into his realm, into his space, into his dimension when we pass on from this life. And, uh, and we're all alive. Even the sinners are alive in the way awaiting um, the resurrection and awaiting the final judgment. So our God is not the God of dead people. He's the God of the living and the saints are already in his kingdom. They're already uh, closer to him than anybody else. And so um, if they cannot intercede for us, and by the way, by the way, the, the book of Revelation has a scene of the, of the martyrs at the throne of God interceding for those who are still alive and going through tribulations. So this is not something that I made up or somebody else made up. This is what the early church understood from the time of St. John in the first century. And, uh, and it was revealed to him and he gave it to us. And so we continue to understand it that way. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be something I, I've heard. That's actually the first time I've ever heard that, uh, that, well, that we, it says it in John. Yeah, yeah. We, we can go to it in detail if you want at some point, but sure. I don't have the book open right now, but I, it just came to my mind that that is one of those cases, biblical uh, descriptions of intercession by the saints who are already in the kingdom. And, and um, uh, the Old Testament has this understanding as well where there is intercession from those who have passed on. Um, and, um, and, and we need to, we need to be aware that this is nothing new and this is, we didn't make it up after the reformation or we didn't make it up before the reformation or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They, they assume that it's, uh, you know, it's pagan in origin that, you know, and I mean, there are, it's not pagan, but there are some elements like um, a church dedicated to St. Paul, you know, you might see a sort of like the Greeks had the different temple dedicated to a different God. But I think that's as far as that omiotita, that uh, similarity goes. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, <clears throat> there, there, there definitely is an overlap in the sense of uh, in order to wipe out paganism, some of those practices of the pagans were Christianized. And so, yes, the dedication of temples to the saints, for example, might have been an effort to wipe out uh, the the gods, but uh, they're not, we're not worshiping the, the saints, and our temples are all dedicated to Christ himself. Uh, what the saints are, are the ones who remind us about the life that God wants us to live, and the martyrs especially, reminding us that uh, a time of difficulty and persecution, we need to hold the faith and remain steadfast uh, to Christ, and, uh, and he would receive us into his kingdom so yeah and 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 um i remember uh, uh father uh, athanasios metropolitan of lemesos in cyprus um him saying that if it, if it weren't for the saints you could just say the whole thing isn't true there there's no you know there's no living proof if you may but the saints are literally the the saints are the living proof yeah of yeah. god and 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 the what Christ spoke of. They're the living, breathing proof. I, I fully agree with uh, Bishop Athanasius, Metropolitan Athanasius, because that is how I, my faith was strengthened. That's how I decided to be a priest. Um, I felt the calling of God, but I was uncertain. And I was not sure whether uh, there was much we can do about this world. And I wasn't sure whether God was actually present in this world. So, so, um, 
meeting Sebaisius was really what put me over the, that difficulty because I met uh, a saint. I met a living saint at the time. Uh, the stories about him one after the other. And when I met him, I felt the presence of God in him. And, uh, and when I understood all the different things, uh, uh, all the different things that, he, that God was doing through him, I knew that God has not abandoned this world and, and miracles are not something of the past, but uh, God is acting and uh, he's, he's uh, sanctifying people today so that they can sanctify the rest of us and give us examples of, uh, of, how, of how to be close to him. You weren't alone in that. Yeah, the the uh, uh, Neophytos of Morphu also, uh, I'll cut out the, most of the story, but basically he, he said that a saint told me this, you know, would happen. Like he, a saint told, uh, Porfirios told him that something would happen and then it happened. And it happened to be the archbishop he was speaking to of Cyprus. And the archbishop of Cyprus looks at him and goes, you mean there are still saints? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you don't meet them, you don't know them, you know, it's, uh, so I, I consider myself very blessed because I had the opportunity to meet two of these wonderful uh, people who have been declared saints by the church. I met Porfirios as well, and, and when, uh, when I met him, I, I tell the story in one of the videos uh, that you have on uh, Trisayun Films, um, how that really... Um, sanctified my life. I was already a priest at the time, and I needed a confirmation for my own faith and my own ministry. And, and here I met a priest who lived in the world and was sanctified. Uh, and, and, I, and, and he just poured out all this information, revealed our lives in front of us. And, and it was amazing to me how anybody can have such power and receive such, uh, such information. Um, they never met me before. I, I met him with my wife. We were young at the time. We're just uh, recently married and recently, I was recently ordained. I wasn't born yet. And you were not born yet. So um, it, it was really a, a changing moment in my life, a, a reassuring moment in my life that the priesthood is powerful, that God is present, that uh, the power of God in this world is, is really uh, everywhere. It's not hidden. And... Uh, and, and this is, these are the saints that we're talking about. We're not talking about uh, just anyone, you know, just because they were a good writer or a good actor or a good uh, player or whatever. These are people who have manifested the power of God and the wisdom of God in this world to us, to many of us, to thousands of us. <laughs> yeah, the, essentially, yeah, essentially the, the, the martyrs and the saints are our athletes. They are the champions. They are the, you know, that's why they're on the walls the way they are, like just how you have a, a wall of fame for the Americans that, you know, they, they love their, uh, their hall of fames for baseball players, for whoever. Uh, every church is a hall of fame. <laughs> for the kingdom of God, not just for those people that depicted, but there is this understanding of the uh, us who are living in this world and fighting and struggling to get into the kingdom of God that we are the church militant. We are the church that is still fighting and struggling. And then there is the church triumphant, which is the saints, uh, who are the people who we put on the walls, who uh, become the, 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 the hall of fame, if you, were, if you wish, uh, of these houses of God, uh, the halls of fame of these houses of God that uh, remind us of the presence 
of God continually in our lives uh, through the saints, through their the powers of God that He gives, the power of God that He gives to them, that He transmits through them, that the grace that He gives us through them, uh, because their faith is what opened the channels of uh, grace to come to us. Okay, their faith is important, and that's what we have. A, yeah, that's the kind of people that we have as examples to keep us going and and struggling and 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 wanting the kingdom of God, wanting to open the doors to the kingdom of God for us. Yeah, um, and another thing about relics, which, you know, let's get into it. You know, uh, I was listening to something um, and, and it was discussing relics and, and it, 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 I think, yeah, I don't remember who was saying it, who said this, but, 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 but look at, look at the clothes of Christ. They were close to, on him, they were on him. They, the, 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 the clothes were not him. They were just on him and they were able to create uh, heal people yeah the by woman touching healed from uh, yeah the, yeah and and just that's how the relics of saints are the objects that were near christ the, the all these things like they think we're making all of this up you know the the protestants they think we're making all of it up but it's right there in the bible <laughs> it says it right there well of course and and the saints become temples of the holy spirit and they um, uh, and and they they are um, conduits of of grace. And uh, so when you come in touch with them, you receive the grace of God, even when they were alive, but also after they're they're dead, because their their bodies continue to be um, temples of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we, in the Orthodox Church, we do not want to cremate people. We don't want to burn their bodies and destroy them because. We believe that we are all temples of the Holy Spirit and temples of God because we received him, uh, his body and blood in, uh, in the Eucharist, and we received the Holy Spirit in our chrismation and continue to receive it through our life and our connection with God. So we do not want to destroy the material um, world which houses the Holy Spirit. We want to keep it, and through that, we get so many miracles and so many um occurrences of, of God acting in our lives um, to heal us, yeah. to protect us, to guide us uh, through the relics, through the bodies, the relics of the saints. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of, um, you know, in Greece and when they were discussing and debating, and I don't know, what, I don't really know what happened in the end, uh, to, to do cremations. And I couldn't help, I can't help think right now about those people who look at the church and look at the teachings as backward. Oh, you're keeping us in the Middle Ages. Oh, you're keeping us in the Dark Ages. You and your, and your customs and your church. And I'm thinking, uh, what, what is light then? Burning people's bodies? That's the light? You know, that's what you're... That's <laughs> progressive? Like, that's <laughs> burning people's... Progress, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, people want to be like everybody else, and they look uh, out to Europe, they look to America and they say, oh, those people are more advanced than we are. Uh, let's do what they do, you know, and so they copy them in everything they do. Right. But that is not necessarily uh, anything, anything that has to do with helping us enter the kingdom of God, because when right. you bring in the customs of people who are not really Orthodox Christians, who have not been informed by uh, the teachings of the Orthodox Church, rather by 
religiously by Protestantism and today um, and Roman Catholicism and today by um, uh, materialism and individualism and selfishness uh, and, and the desire for wealth and the desire for glory, uh, those, anything you get from those cultures are going to be corrupted and, and not, uh, and, and they can corrupt the faith as well. They can corrupt what your, your path toward the kingdom of God. And you don't want that to happen. So we need to be very careful what we get from other cultures that are not Orthodox and that have not experienced the Orthodox life. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Father Panayoti, Papa, for being on this episode. Thank you, Stradi. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, we, we love to hear back from you if there's anything that we need to discuss. And uh, I'll be very glad to continue this with Stradi in a, in a week or so so that we can continue having these conversations uh, from the Enlightenment, for our Enlightenment and for the strengthening of the faith and inspiration uh, so that we can be uh, continue, so we can continue to struggle for what God has prepared for us in his kingdom. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.